How do you handle uncertainty? Beyond trying to remember and find certainty in whatever we can, many of us handle uncertainty by finding comfort in familiar things. Uh, food, hence the term comfort food. Uh, maybe binging a favorite TV show, and really so many other things. And if we're honest, many of us also handle uncertainty with unhealthy habits or behaviors like abusing substances like alcohol or medications, uh, finding instant pleasure, or maybe connecting in unhealthy relationships. And generally speaking, many of the ways we handle uncertainty tend to be sort of self-preserving. Uh, things that involve us sort of turning inward and focusing on ourselves. Uh, do we have enough groceries? Do we have enough toilet paper for a year? You know, those kind of things, right? Uh, interestingly though, the solution isn't necessarily to go completely in the other direction and only focus on other people, while ignoring how we're responding internally to the uncertainty. Actually, the solution seems to be sort of tangential to both extremes and is described by a former president this way. Uh, this quote that we're going to read comes from a book that I was reading in February called Leadership in Turbulent Times by Doris Kearns Goodwin. Uh, the book looks at four presidents, how each of them became leaders, and how they led in very uncertain seasons. Uh, one of the presidents the author examines is Teddy Roosevelt, and Teddy said this about leaders in every field. Quote, they need to learn more than anything else to know human nature, to know the needs of the human soul. Now this would seem to be a cliche quote, but also necessary and something that many of us might be overlooking. In a season of life where we are painfully aware of how challenging this has been, we are focused on many things, uh, mostly surviving and possibly figuring out what life should look like. And we're not just picking up the pieces of our lives and trying to move forward the best we can, but many of us are also responsible for helping other people move forward as well. Uh, maybe that's some family members, uh, employees, friends, uh, colleagues, fellow students, neighbors, maybe members of our team. And people are looking to us for solutions, for hope, and for direction. However, none of us were prepared to deal with all that has happened in these last two years, which actually points us towards our message today, that we aren't going through this alone. Every leader is trying to figure this out. No one has all the answers, and generally, we don't know what the future holds. Uncertainty isn't new, and it is actually why the world needs leaders. However, there is a way forward, but it goes beyond the quote from Teddy Roosevelt, which was something that Jesus' life sort of pointed to about 1900 years prior. More on that in a moment. We're in a season called Lent that sort of prepares us for the death and the resurrection of Jesus, on Easter, which actually this year is April 17th. And we're looking at the lessons that we can learn about Jesus in this time leading up to his death on the cross, his ultimate sacrifice for the world. And this series is also sort of sprinkled with some lessons I learned from taking a February, from taking February as a sabbatical month. But that seemed like a bit of a long title for the series on top of the fact that that would miss the point of this season. But in the first week, we read a, a unique story that pointed us to the lesson that Jesus is a better king than we are. That basically, how are we gonna to respond to Jesus? Will we sort of lean into and acknowledge Jesus as an authority in our lives? Or will we sort of focus on something other than Jesus? Like what that might cost us, or how our lives might change, or something else. And in the process, we sort of push Jesus out of our lives. And then last Sunday, we looked at the prayer that Jesus prayed for his followers and for us today. He prayed that we would be united and be one. Um, based on the diversity of the people who he invited to follow him, we know that this, is, this prayer for unity was not for them to become completely like-minded in politics, preferences, or opinions. 
that Jesus followers can be united around Jesus and still see the world differently. So our main point was that we can think differently and love unconditionally. If you want to watch any of the messages from this series, head over to our YouTube channel. So in thinking about Teddy Roosevelt's quote, that leaders in every field, quote, need more than anything else to know human nature and to know the needs of the human soul. While that sort of rings true, we really can't interact with anyone if we don't know about their nature or what they need. While that seems obvious and true, I think one of the ways forward in uncertainty is a step beyond just knowing human nature and the needs of the human soul. Uh, we need to sort of display our humanity for others, which can start with understanding human nature and the needs of the human soul. But before we get to that, what are you doing to understand other humans? Are you doing anything to genuinely understand other people's perspectives, their opinions, and their decisions? Or are you just sort of writing off people who respond differently than you do? And through Lent, we learn that Jesus came not just to pay for the sins of the world, Jesus came to be human, to empathize with humans, so that we would see that he can understand us. And this is an important theological point that we really don't have the time to fully explore today, but we will spend some time looking at this point's implications for us and the uncertain situations we find ourselves in, as well as how this theological point can help others move forward in these uncertain times. Now, before we get into some of the stories that show us how Jesus shared in our humanity, let's look at why it is more important than ever for us to share our humanity with others. That means sort of being vulnerable, being transparent, and being real. And that's actually an exercise of our empathy muscles, which probably could use some exercise in all of us. And the people around us, they need to experience our humanity because we are more easily influenced by people we respect. That we sort of build respect and trust with people when we are convinced they know how we feel. Uh, sharing our humanity, sharing our fears and our worries and our concerns helps convince others that you understand and can be trusted. Now, to state the obvious, relating to the emotions and circumstances of humans can mostly only be done by other humans, which requires vulnerability and transparency. And when you acknowledge and legitimize my fears, my worry, my concern, I will trust you. But if you ignore it, if you downplay it, brush it off, and criticize me for it, if you seem to be unaware of how current reality is impacting me and my family, I'm going to resist you. I'm going to resist you because you have convinced me that you don't understand me. And we need to share our humanity with others because it will help them eventually. Which brings us back to Jesus who modeled this for us. I mentioned earlier that there's sort of an important theological point that is at the center of this message today. And initially this theological point it might seem to be irrelevant. But hopefully you will see how incredibly important it is for those of us who follow Jesus and those of us who actually want our lives to reflect him. And the theological point is the idea that Jesus was both fully God and fully human. Now you might say like, really? Like that's an important point? Yes. And the idea is that this is also known by another term called incarnation. And the idea that God would send his son to become human and live as a human among humans. And initially, this is important because this sort of makes even possible a connection with God seem much closer compared to sort of just imagining God up there in the heavens. That Jesus shares his divinity, sort of being God, with God the Father and the Holy Spirit. But Jesus shares his humanity with us. His humanity included a body, soul, mind, heart, and will. 
And so we're going to spend a few moments looking at some of the reasons we believe that Jesus was fully human, and then talk about how that should impact our relationships with people, especially in these uncertain times. But first, two disclaimers. Number one, if you aren't convinced that Jesus was God, we won't really address that in this message today. However, there are reasons we believe Jesus was also God. And if that's you, we would love to hear from you and have a conversation with you directly, which is probably much better than sort of a talk like this. Uh, let, let us know that, though, by emailing us at hello at nlnc.org. We'd love to talk with you. Uh, disclaimer number two, I typically like to use one main passage of Scripture per message, uh, mostly for simplicity and focus. However, like all humans, we can't boil our humanity down to one story or one experience. We're more complex than that, and so is Jesus. And so today, we're going to look at a handful of passages to help us get a broader understanding of how Jesus was fully human. And the first obvious aspect for any human that is human is a human is to be born. And sort of this season as Christmas was not too long ago. And so we're going to sort of move on to the other elements of Jesus' humanity that impact our discussion today. Uh, the next aspect of humanity that Jesus experienced as a child was growing up and developing. Now we're going to start reading in Luke chapter 2. And you can follow along in the Bible app if you don't have the Bible app head to bible.com slash app. Once you're in the app, head to the more menu option in the bottom right corner, select events, and you can find our church. We'll also have the notes and verses on the screen as well. Uh, Luke, who researched and interviewed eyewitnesses, he documented the life of Jesus, and he wrote down one of the major accounts of Jesus' birth and childhood. And he records this in Luke chapter 2, starting in verse 40. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. Now, I'm not sure if you thought about this, but Jesus was a preteen at one point because Jesus was human and a human grows and develops. And this next passage comes from those years of Jesus' life, when Jesus was 12 years old. And at this point, his parents took him to the temple for a religious festival. And while they were there, his parents, also definitely human, accidentally left Jesus, the Son of God, behind at the temple. His parents realized their mistake after they arrived home and couldn't find Jesus. So they go back to look for him, and eventually they find him. And after the family makes the journey home again, Luke makes another reference to Jesus being human. He says this, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. That Jesus grew up from a preteen into a teenager with all that awkwardness and hormones, and eventually Jesus became an adult. And Jesus also experienced the limitations of being human. And this is where we can really sort of connect and start to trust Jesus. He can relate to us because a human has limitations. Uh, quickly looking at some of the limitations Jesus experienced. A human becomes hungry. Matthew 4 verse 2. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. Uh, also a human gets tired and thirsty. John 4 verse 6 and 7. Jesus tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to the water, came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. Also, a human feels emotions. Uh, later, Jesus found out his friend Lazarus had died, and Jesus knew Lazarus' sisters were devastated. And so, John chapter 11, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. That Jesus experienced the limitations and emotions as a human. 
so he could relate with us and we could trust him. Jesus didn't ignore our limitations or our emotions. He didn't downplay them. He didn't brush them off. He didn't criticize us for them. He shared and understood our humanity as a way to connect in a relationship with us. And Jesus also experienced a few more things that all humans experience. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. He experienced temptation to do things that would hurt him, that could hurt his relationship with God the Father, and challenged his trust in God the Father. He experienced the lure of doing something even when you know it's wrong, and he didn't succumb to the temptation. All the while, he provided us a model for how to deal with temptation. And finally, as a human, Jesus experienced the last stage of life, dying, in one of the most painful ways, which we're going to discuss more as we get closer to Easter. That Jesus experienced the various stages of human life, of growing and developing. He experienced the limitations of humans as well as humans, as human emotion, along with being tempted, suffering, and dying. That Jesus shared our humanity for us. And part of Jesus' life was to demonstrate what God is like. But another huge part was for God to become human so we could know that God understands what our life is like as a human. Not just understanding what our life is like as God. He can relate to us so we can look to him and trust him. It was a gigantic step of empathy for God to be human in Jesus. So what does Jesus becoming human have to do with the uncertainty that we are experiencing now and we will continue to experience to varying degrees for most of our lives? Just like Jesus shared our humanity for us, we need to share our humanity for others. And in these times of uncertainty, we need to see others' humanity for several reasons. To know that we aren't the only ones. To know that others can relate. To know that others can help. But how do we share our humanity? Well, here are four ways to share our humanity, to share your humanity like Jesus did. Number one, be vulnerable. When we're in a higher position than someone else, it can seem threatening. It can feel threatening to be vulnerable with someone below us. However, Jesus demonstrates that vulnerability can be incredibly powerful to share your humanity with others, even when the other person is below or maybe even above your social position. Because all the people around Jesus were in a different position than he was, and he was vulnerable with people. Uh, number two, walk towards uncomfortable situations. Rather than avoiding uncomfortable situations, we should walk towards them because maybe some of our experiences or our limitations could help someone else. Uh, maybe we have felt a similar emotion or maybe we have been tempted in a similar way. Either way, walking towards the uncomfortable situation might be an opportunity that God uses our humanity to help someone else. Uh, one of the most helpful boundaries around this idea is that we should walk into uncomfortable situations, but we can't always stay there. That we need comfortable environments, but we can't always live there either. That is sort of a balance of being in comfortable and uncomfortable situations. And Jesus demonstrated just that by leaving heaven to come to earth. But even Jesus had to take breaks where he could so he could rest and connect with God and prepare for future situations. Uh, number three, understand life is messy. Now this one might be more for me than anyone else, but life is not nice and tidy. Living a human life comes with messes. This doesn't mean that we have to sort of feel responsibility for all of the messes, but we also can't act like these aren't, there are messes around us. And when we do the former, we mistakenly think we are God. When we do the latter, we're only fooling ourselves. So a question to consider, who needs to see more of your humanity in this season? Now this could be a friend, a coworker, a family member, your son, your daughter, your mother, your father. 
This could also be a group of Jesus followers through what we call life group that meets regularly together to encourage and support each other. So who needs to see more of your humanity in this season? And then lastly, number four, be a bridge like Jesus. Uh, leverage your experience, your limitations, your struggles, your season of life, your suffering, your relationships with someone else. Ask God who, could be, who you could be a bridge for. Maybe it's someone far from God and you could be a bridge to God. Maybe it's some people in a conflict and you could be a bridge for them. Maybe it's between people on different sides of an issue. Whatever the situation, do you have an opportunity to be a bridge with another human? As we wrap up, uh, don't hide behind an excuse to not share your humanity with others. Don't hide behind your own insecurity about your humanity. Sharing that insecurity might be the very thing that helps someone else with a similar insecurity. And don't hide behind what's comfortable because comfort is, isn't necessarily bad, but, on, but only living comfortably, it's not going to be fulfilling and it isn't what God's purpose is for your life. Don't hide behind busyness, which means sort of keeping you from build, building relationships and investing in things that really matter. Don't hide behind a role or a title that you're tempted to think gets in the way. Don't hide behind the fact that you're right and they are wrong. Uh, James Clear, an author of several significant books, says this, Facts don't change our minds. Friendship does. And we might need to think about that more because that is what Jesus did. Jesus could have hid behind many facts about God, but Jesus went beyond that. He wanted friendship with us. Jesus didn't want to hide behind any excuses so he wouldn't have to share humanity with us. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus didn't hide behind his insecurity about being an infinite God and a finite human. Jesus didn't behind what was comfortable. He did the most uncomfortable thing. Jesus didn't hide behind the busyness of being or the role of being the God of the universe. Just like Jesus shared our humanity for us, we need to share our humanity for others. And as we continue to experience uncertainty where we aren't sure what to do, this is something we can do, share our humanity with others. So who needs to see more of your humanity in this season? And do you have an opportunity to be a bridge with another human? Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that Jesus came to experience what it's like to be a human. That we can trust in Jesus and we can lean into him and we can acknowledge him as a leader in our lives because he's gone before us. He knows what it's like to be a human. And so God, would you help those of us who maybe struggle with this and aren't sure that Jesus really is God or Jesus isn't really human and we don't know what to do with that. And, and that could be different groups of people. God, would you meet us where we are? And for those of us who are following you, and we do know that you are God and you are fully human, would you help us to ask these questions? That, that maybe there's someone in our world that we need to sort of show our humanity to more in this season. Or maybe there's sort of somebody else that we could be a bridge for. Maybe it's a bridge to you, or it's a bridge to other people, or it's a bridge to opposing sides. Whatever that might be, God, would you help us to be a human and, and to share from our struggles and to share from our situations and our experiences? to help be a bridge between people because that's what you did for us. And so God, we want to do the same for others as well. Would you help us to have the wisdom to know what to do with what we've heard? And God, would you also give us the courage to be open and to be transparent, to be vulnerable with people, to be human. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.